welcome to the Parentpreneur Podcast, a weekly podcast where I speak with mom and dad entrepreneurs about their businesses, families, and how they are striking their ideal work-life balance on their own terms. I'm your host, Anelia Faithful, and I'm a creative director and a parentpreneur. Smitha Malotra. She and her husband co-own Mindful Pediatric Gastroenterology, a pediatrics practice that combines traditional medicine with alternative therapies such as mindfulness, meditation, yoga, and acupuncture. Smitha lives with her husband, daughter, and chihuahua in Los Angeles. Hi, Smitha. Thank you so much for being on the Parentpreneur Podcast today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Um, so you and your husband are both physicians in pediatrics, and you run your own practice. How did you decide to go into business together, and what makes your practice special? Okay, so um, my husband is a pediatric gastroenterologist, and I'm a general pediatrician. Um, you could say that We've kind of always been in business together. He was actually my chief resident, and I was the intern when we met. <laughs> so it's actually nothing like Grey's Anatomy, just for FYI. So um, we, um, he, was, he was always kind of working with me um, for a, a lot of our training. And um, when we came out of training, um, we trained in New York City. We came to California after training. And uh, we were always kind of working in the same hospitals. So um, we already knew our working styles and how we got along together at work and at home. Um, so when we decided to go into business together, it, it seemed natural because we, had all, we already knew our styles and, and who we were at work and who we were at home. Um, so our practice um, started from... A long journey of infertility so we got married right after our training and we came to California right after that and we wanted to have a baby and mm -hmm. that actually was a very very long journey for us and um, I went through several medical treatments and um, you know just relying a lot on the medicine that we had learned and um, one day I was sitting in my OB's office, just really at the end of my rope, and my OB said, have you thought about acupuncture? And really in our traditional medical training, this is not something that we are taught, but um, so I actually thought it was like a lot of, you know, woo-woo, you know, right. who knows if that works. And But at that point in time of my life, I was open to anything, and so I said, yes, sure. Um, so I started doing acupuncture and um, really my first visit opened my mind completely. Um, it, it actually changed the way I practiced medicine and inspired our practice. Um, so my first visit, I was told that, you know, acupuncture comes from traditional Chinese medicine, which comes from the ancient philosophy of the yin and the yang. So how two opposite forces are interconnected our happiness and our sadness, our peace and our stress. And when these forces are not in balance, that's when we have problems in our bodies and our minds. And so acupuncture helps to rebalance those things through 
um, energy points. And that made a lot of sense to me. Um, and, you know, I, my first visit, I thought I would be screaming in pain and, mm-hmm. um, it was actually quite the opposite. It was very relaxing and it opened my mind to this new area of medicine. And the best thing it did for me was create this peace place of calm and peace for myself. And literally three months later, I got pregnant um, I'll never be able to prove that it was acupuncture that did it, but that calm and peace that was created within myself helped me tremendously, you know, to ride that journey. Mm-hmm. So we thought, oh, hey, there must be something to this theory of mind over medicine that if we provide these avenues for ch- children and parents, um, that imagine all the healing we could do. And um, we found that we couldn't really pursue this in the practices that we were in um, because medicine just hasn't come to that point yet. So so that's why we decided to create our own practice and, um, you know, so that we could do this, the medicine that we wanted to do. And it's really, um, it's really changed our, our entire life completely. Um, and fulfilled us in many ways. Great. So I'm sure that running a business that is going to support your whole family is very scary because obviously you don't have, you know, a fixed salary from at least one of the people. Um, So uh, did did you start your business before your daughter was born or right after? And then what fears did you have going into it and how has it affected your marriage? So we took the ultimate risk. Um, We both quit our jobs and, mm-hmm. um, and went into this gung-ho. Um, so my daughter was one year old at the time, which probably was a, more stress than I can imagine. Yeah. But um, she was born in 2013, December, and we started our business in December 2014. So exactly one year later. Um, but I think for every uh, entrepreneur or business owner, um, there comes a point in time where where you you just can't um, you can't stay in the same position anymore. You have to take that leap. Um, so so it was just that time for us. Um, we were um, obviously we were very very scared um, because we both quit our jobs and we took that ultimate leap. Um, but um, you know, we we made it work. Um, while, when we were not working on our business, we did um, you know side shifts. Whether we took a quick shift in the hospital or the clinic um, to make to make our ultimate dream work. So um, you know, our biggest fear really was was how are we going to survive? Um, mm-hmm. But we we figured out um, different strategies to where we could use our time outside of our business to, um, to, you know, bring in some income while we were creating the major income. That's great. Um, so what does your division of labor look like uh, when it comes to the day to day of running your business? Who deals with marketing, financials, or everything that it takes? So we have really um, played to our strengths. Um, my husband is more the clinical person. So he's he does a lot of the, the clinical work um, with patients. Um, I do a lot of the marketing because um, I'm better at that. I'm better at blogging. I'm better at talking. I'm better at, you know, the, mm-hmm. he, he's a little bit more um, of better with working with patients one-on-one. So I do the majority of that. Um, with our finance portion, um, you know, we, 
we have really learned to um, to outsource and to delegate. So we do have our own um, our own biller and our bookkeepers who are you know the pros at that. Um, and I've learned that in, initially in the business I was doing everything and I wanted to be micromanaging everything. And I found that really holding me back um, because I was not playing to my own strength. And um, so I was, you know, spending so much time on bookkeeping when what I could really do better was marketing. So I think once I found the people to do those things that I wasn't good at, um, our business really excelled because I was able to concentrate on um, the bigger picture. Great. Um, so you obviously you have a toddler at home. Uh, what does your support system look like at home? And does she go to daycare, or do do you have a nanny or a parent helping out? And also, what does a typical uh, day for your family look like? So um, we uh, came to California with no family around us. So that has really mm-hmm. um, that has really been kind of hard because um, when you're a business owner and you don't have family where you could leave your child, um, it, it gets a lot more difficult. But we do have daycare. So um, wh- when I was first working in the hospital, I was working part-time and my daughter was with me um, at least two days of the week. Um, and then I went to working 12, 14-hour days um, throughout the full week. So it was a huge change, but we found um, a daycare that um, really allowed those longer hours and even they're even open on weekends, which has been a blessing in many ways because I found my daughter, um, she's a social butterfly and that, and she's really progressed in leaps and bounds, um, being at this daycare, um, school. Um, so our time with her did change drastically, but I found that, um, now my time with her is a lot more filled with, in, it's filled with intention. So um, when I'm with her now, I don't get distracted by my phone. Um, I'm really into interacting with her and engaging with her. Um, maybe it's because, you know, I feel like my time with her is so limited that I really want to make it meaningful. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's improved our, our interactions in many ways, but um, we have relied mainly on on her daycare and on weekends you know we take turns if one of us has to work um, we just have to alternate who's going to be home with our daughter great so what kind of effect has living working and parenting together had on your marriage because obviously you're spending your entire days with uh, your husband is that is that great or do you sometimes which like, oh, you just go into another room and just give me five minutes. So in many ways, it's great. But um, in, in, in a lot of ways, you start to realize, you know, there's just small things that start to grate. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're with someone all the time at work and at home, it, those lines kind of blur. So mm-hmm. if there are, if there was, you know, something going on at work, you eventually bring it home. And that's one thing we don't want to do. So we learned that, um, you know, when, when we are together at work and we, we resolve those issues, whatever it may be, what disagreements, whatever it would be before coming home. 
because um, if those keep lingering, then it starts to affect our daughter. So we don't want to do that. We create, we maintain a clear separation between work and home. Um, the other thing we have done is, um, you know, giving each other space. So um, we've really been good about maintaining friendships. So a, what happens a lot when you start a business is um, everything else falls to the wayside. Um, you are so engrossed in in your business and your home life. Um, you all of a sudden, like months later, you found out, oh, I lost touch with all my friends. So uh, we do give each other um, one day a week where you know we leave that person alone and they spend the day with their friends, and we are taking care of home and work. Um, and I think that's really worked well for us, giving each other that kind of space um, to be our own person. Um, whether it's on a weekly basis, monthly basis, um, that has really renewed our own spirits in that, at the same time. That is really great advice. And I feel like a lot of people aren't taking that time to do that bit of self-care and really kind of reconnect with who they are. So I'm so glad you share that. Um, so are there any strategies that are working well for you as you promote and grow your business? Um, so uh, the strategy that has really worked well is um, putting ourselves out there. So as physicians, um, we're not really taught to do that, um, to be vulnerable, to be open, to be um, humans, you know, with our patients. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that has really worked well in promoting our business is I found blogging. Um, the more I blog, the more I'm honest, the more I'm authentic. Um, the more I feel I connect with people. And, um, you know, I think we, we've used our social channels quite strategically. So, um, you know, the main social channels we use are Facebook and Twitter. I think that's all we really have the energy for. But um, through really connecting with our Facebook audience and um, through our audience, through our newsletter, and being consistent about it has really... Um, has really expanded our business. And I think the, um, the most significant thing I can say is consistency. So if we, if we blog, we try to do it on a weekly basis. If we send a newsletter, we try to do it, you know, on a weekly, biweekly basis. Um, you know, no matter what, we do tend to try to keep our, um, our outreach going consistently. And I think that's expanded our business the most. Great. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, your what you do in your practice. Um, you fo you talk a lot about mindfulness, not just for your pediatric patients, but also their family. Um, what is mindfulness and how can the listeners practice it with their children? And how can it help the overall health of our families? So um, mindfulness is the art of paying attention to our daily, everyday life. And um, that is that does take a lot of practice. So um, it's just you know sitting in silence and um, just noticing where your hands are, what you're touching, what you're eating. There's even something called mindful eating where we just eat and just be with each other and you know just concentrate on the actual art of eating. Um, so this it, this does take a lot of practice what we have tried to do in our own practice is every visit 
with patients starts with a mindful minute. So um, we teach parents, you know, you, you came to your doctor's visit, you, you drove through traffic, you found parking, and now you come to your office and it's like cum culmination of all these stresses that have built up while you were getting here. Um, our office is basically you enter into a living room. There's no check-in desk, there's no, um, there's no separation uh, like that. You just come into our living room and you sit on our couch. So immediately you feel like, okay, I'm not in an intimidating environment. And then when they come into the, um, the doctor's visit, we start with what we call a mindful minute. So it's, the, it's a one minute of uh, the child and parent and doctor sitting in silence with their eyes closed. And it's really shocking how many people tell us that that was the first time they had found peace in a long time. <laughs> oh wow. So, you know, it just it just tells, you know, it just shows them that if you just take the time to just give yourself a moment of quiet, being with your own thoughts and observing your thoughts. It's not like, you know, you um you have a thought and then you go crazy with it. It's just observing it, you know, I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling sad. It's just letting it pass through you. Um how much calm and peace that brings you. And so we found a lot of um, our patients and saying, you know, I did it when I was in school and I was stressed. I just said, okay, give me a second. And I just went and was quiet for a second. And I came back and I, I handled whatever situation was in a very different way. And we found parents who are big executives tell us that, you know, I now start my meetings with a mindful minute. And, you know, we're, we're just much more calm when we interact with each other. So um, that's just a simple way. Um, to to just start the process. Um, there's a lot more complicated ways, but that's how we, we teach it in our practice. Great. Um, so you wrote this beautiful blog post, which I will link in the show notes, about how important it is for our children to feel as though they belong in our home and in the world around them. What can we do as parents to instill a sense of, self, sense of worth in our children? So, um, so yes, yeah, so I have three distinct ways that you can do that. Um, so this really came from, um, you know, a, an, a memory, very significant memory that I have as a young child um, when I was going to summer school in India and um, about a particular teacher in our school who would shame children um, when they did badly. So she would make that child sit in the corner of the classroom and systematically point out everything that child did wrong, you know, sometimes calling that child stupid or idiot. It was just, you know, it was just very horrifying. And um, that kind of method of teaching through shaming um, really did not inspire children at all. And so I began to look at what we do in our own families sometimes. And um, there was actually a study, um, the National Longitudinal Study on Adolescent Health, which showed that school connectedness and parent-family connectedness was protective against emotional distress, violence, and substance abuse. And so we thought, how can we create more connectedness at home? So um, a couple of things came up. And that first was expressing appreciation to your child. Um, it's, you know, it, we, we love our children, but um, it is kind of, you know, when we are going through our daily life, it's, it's, we tend to forget to tell them that or tell them all the things that we like about them. 
So one thing I started doing with my daughter every morning is, um, you know, saying, you know, you know, I, I love your laughter. I love how smart you are. Um, thank you for being so kind, you know, just expressing appreciation to your child every day in some way, even if it's like a little note or some small way, um, makes a huge difference because then they won't go and try to find that appreciation elsewhere because, you know, being appreciated is a basic human need. So, um, and then the second one, um, that we came up with was removing words of shame from your home. So a lot of people, um, when we're upset with, we're ch- uh, with our children, I've done this too, um, we say, you know, you're bad or you're naughty. Um, and I found that, you know, words really make a difference. They can stick with us for, for years to come. And that kind of talking, it becomes their own inner voice. And so instead of saying you're bad or you're naughty, it, it really, you reel that back in and saying, well, today you're not listening and today you're not behaving well today. And I, but I know that you can do that. So um, just letting them know that who, their behavior in this moment is not who they are. Who they are is something so much more beautiful, um, really makes a huge difference. And then um, finally is encouraging your child's vis- vision of success. And I feel like my parents really did this very well with my brother. Um, you know, I come from Indian background and we are doctors, lawyers, or engineers. That's it. <laughs> you know? So, um, so my brother wanted to go into sports and, um, be a, a coach. And this was really unheard of for our community. But, um, but my, you know, my parents really just went with what he gave them. And, you know, he, he, his, um, ex- um, his, strength, sorry, was not in academics, but um, they said that's okay. You know, you pursue whatever it is you want to do. And I think a lot of us, when we're parents, we have this vision for our children um, as to who they're going to be. And a lot of times it's something, it's going to be something completely different. So um, I loved um, this quote from Dr. Shafali Sabari. You know, she said, um, when you parent, it's crucial you realize you aren't raising a mini-me, but a spirit throbbing with its own signature. So I think we always have to remember that our children have their own signature, and it's not going to be like our own. And we have to take the cues that they're, they're giving us and, and um, really nurture them. Great. Um, so uh, to wrap up, what is one resource that you have found helpful in running your business or parenting or life in general? So I would say um, the resource is pretty much life in general, but it's um, really affected all areas of my life. And it's a really small book called A Short Guide to a Happy Life by uh, the author Anna Quinlan. And um, it just sits next to my um, nightstand um, every day. It sits on my nightstand every day. And um, the book, you could probably read it in 30 minutes. It's that little. But um, the words are just they just really seep into you. And I've probably read it about a thousand times. And, um, you know, in it, she, she tells us, you know, don't ever confuse the two, your life and your work. Um, the second is only part of the first. So, um, she also says that, you know, um, you are in charge. You have the sole custody of your life, not just, um, your life at a desk or your life at a, at a bus, but the life of your heart, not just your bank account, but your soul. 
And I think that really um, makes a huge difference when I feel overwhelmed. You know, is this business going well? Yeah, am I being a good parent? And I realize, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm really doing here is I'm not writing a resume, but crafting a spirit, as Anna Quinlan says. Um, and if I if I ultimately am happy, I'm at peace. I have people who love me, and I love them. Then that is success to me. So it's really redefined um, my vision of success. Wow, that sounds really great. Um, so Smitha, if people want to learn more about your business or you, where can they find you? So um, you can find us on um, mindful, M-I-N-D-F-U-L, pediatric, gi.com. Or if you also put in ownyourmindownyourhealth.com, you'll come to our website. And um, I'm very active on our Facebook page. Um, we're doing regular Facebook Lives. So um, yeah, come join. Great. Thank you so much, Smitha, for talking with me. This was great. Thank you, Anilia. I'm very happy to have talked to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Parentpreneur Podcast. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's episode, you can send me an email at hello at parentpreneurcast.com. You can also follow the Parentpreneur Podcast on Twitter at WeParentpreneur or on Facebook at facebook.com slash parentpreneurcast. Please visit parentpreneurcast.com for show notes, resources, and to learn how you can be a guest on the show. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend and remember to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating so that other parentpreneurs like you can find the podcast. I'll be back every week with new guests talking about the ins and outs of their entrepreneurial journeys. Thanks again and see you next week.